I start going through the program bit by bit and started finding some pornographic images and um, some descriptive language that was not um, abstinence. This is teaching the kids how to have sex. So at that point, he tells me, well, he only looked at the summary. He didn't dig into the details. And welcome back, friends, to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. Today, we have a special treat because we are bringing on a guest, Rhonda Miller with Purple for Parents. And we met Rhonda. It was through a series of events as we started praying about our next film project to do. And I was online and we were researching. We knew that it was going to be something to deal with pornography. That was just really what we felt like the Lord had laid on our hearts to to start going towards mm-hmm. and um, started doing a little bit of research, watched a special on Blaze TV with Glenn Beck, and they were talking about indoctrination. And what was it called? It was called Global Grooming. Global Grooming, that's right. And I reposted that clip to my Facebook page, and then one of our local representatives here in the state of Indiana um, contacted me and said, hey, Amber, you need to connect with this lady. And sure enough, we did had an awesome first conversation mm-hmm. once we got together and found out what they were doing through their nonprofit organization, Purple for Parents. We ended up going to an all day conference where they were talking about the sexual revolution and where it came from, where it's at today and how people can actually combat this. And so it's been a fascinating journey to sit down and um, basically team up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all on the same team here. Team up to to expose the truth of what's happening to our kids in the classroom and what's going on in the legislative realm. So you're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. And I should note here, too, the when we're talking about Purple for Parents. Mm-hmm. So Purple for Parents as an organization was formed, my understanding, as, as a response to the Red for Ed movement. Right. And I believe it started in Arizona. I think so. And so if you're not familiar with Red for Ed, it, it was this movement, still is this movement of the teachers union across the country. And this just out of the blue, it seemed like suddenly in every state capital, they were having these, these Red for Ed rallies and all the mm-hmm. teachers and they would get the, the kids involved. In fact, I remember I was guest speaking in one of the high schools and I was there waiting for the class to start and I'm listening to the morning announcements mm-hmm. and over the morning announcements, they're encouraging the kids to dress in red the next day to support red for ed. And the teachers were basically walking out and, and yeah, people have no idea what's behind that movement. Right. We have no idea. So one of the things that Rhonda talks about is, is red for ed and how this comprehensive sexual education is being pushed by the teachers unions mm-hmm. and the red for ed movement as part of this. And I think a lot of the teachers that participated in this have no idea. Right. So that's where purple for parents kind of came from as a response to red for ed. Well, we're going to have purple for parents. Right. One other thing to note before we go into this is the difference between there's two terms that you're going to hear referenced. One is CSE comprehensive sexual education, which is what we've been talking about for the past few weeks and what 
um, the mind polluters is really all about. But kind of adjacent to that is what's called SEL, which is social emotional learning. And SEL is kind of the the evil stepsister, I think, (laughs) (laughs) of CSE. We're going to have Jennifer McWilliams on uh, pretty soon, and she can better explain the details of SEL. But SEL is another curriculum that goes along with CSE. And Jennifer McWilliams is a is a teacher was. was a teacher who who spoke out against this SEL curriculum mm-hmm. and was fired. Mm-hmm. Was fired for speaking her mind. And so it'll be an interesting conversation to have with her. But that's the difference between those two terms. So let's move so on. Let's listen in to our conversation. <laughs> okay, Rhonda. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I, um, my husband and I have married, been married for uh, 30 years and I'm a mother of three. We live in a small town in Northern Indiana. Um, and I got involved in educational matters about nearly 10 years ago when I started seeing some things that were raising some, some eyebrows for me. And then I started digging into um, what was really happening and, and just peeling back the layers of the onion. And that's when I really realized we're in serious trouble. And so um, just by my personal experience and what we've seen happen in um, our family and both of our families, um, it's put me on this course. So what was it that really raised eyebrows and made you stop and say, hey, wait a second, what's going on here? Well, it was my... Um, youngest daughter's uh, environmental science book. It's when I really started. I, I, I pulled it out of her book bag one day and started to it and, and realized that it was all anti-American propaganda. It was anti-capitalist. It was it was actually very frightening material in an environmental science book. And at that point, I had no idea um, where it was coming from, what was driving it. And so that's what sent me digging. And that's when initially I uncovered what the United Nations was doing, and what was happening with their their global agenda with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and then stumbled onto the whole sex education. And that's when things really took a, a spiral downward into the many, many rabbit holes. Sorry, when, when you first started uncovering this stuff, did you... Was there a hesitation there where you thought, okay, I don't, I don't want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole here or did you suspect already because one of the things that we've that we hear from people even at this point is you can sense this resistance of that they don't want to hear it because they don't want to have to think about what it might mean did you go through that process in your own mind I did. I I really did, because I thought this can't happen. I mean, we're in America. We're in a free country. And how could something like that start happening here? And then when you started when I started uncovering um, the history of public education and really understanding why and how it was originally formed and then digging into the teachers unions and realizing the correlation there and then realizing how they got the power through the Indi- or the, the U.S. Department of Education um, and understanding how that started. And then you started piecing those parts of the puzzle together and then it started making more and more sense. And um, initially I started talking across the state um, in regards to what was happening on that scale. Um, and then as I dug into the rabbit holes of 
um, further into Common Core and into the sex education and then um, was connected with the Protect Child Health Coalition several years ago and then realizing I'm not crazy. This really is happening. And um, many, many Americans and as well as Hoosiers have no idea that we actually pay money, our tax dollars, go to even fund this. And so that has been my mission the last several years is just educating Hoosiers on our responsibility and making them aware that, that we're financing our own demise is what it amounts to. And this isn't your full-time job. No, I have a full-time job um, that I've worked at for um, over 20 years. And mm-hmm. so I do this on the side. And it, it's it been quite consuming at times, um, mm-hmm. digging down those different rabbit holes to uncover the truth. And, you know, on the surface, things always look um, good and kosher until you, and it requires many, many hours of undigging and uncovering that. So, um, no, this isn't my full-time job. I wish it were, I would love to dedicate <laughs> yeah. as much time as I could to it. Cause I would, I would be able to do more, but yeah, I, it's not. Well, and, and that's why I asked because I think everybody can do something. And right. I think that, that we all need to kind of really look at what we can do rather than looking at it like this huge mountain that we can't climb. Uh, so everybody can do something to get in this this battle and protect our kids. That That's so true. And I often refer back to this story in Nehemiah and everybody's got their own their own part of the wall to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, whenever I start feeling a little overwhelmed and a little, you know, frustrated, I go back to that book and I, I, I reread, you know, and, and even he was chastised, you know, and, and his effort to try and rebuild the walls and he just kept plucking away at it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what we have to do. We have to do our small part um, to save our country and save our children. So tell me about Purple for Parents and, and all that you're doing. Purple for Parents actually started a year ago. Um, I was um, originally working with another organization and um, ran across Jennifer McWilliams and saw what she had started standing for against the the Red for Ed. And I I had been trying to expose the same effort in my own community and um, realized that she she and I were fighting the same battles. And so um, about six months later, I, I resigned from my position on the former organization and and then took some time off and then reached out to her and said, hey, you know, what about if we if we, you know, hook, you know, hooked up together and and took the organization further. And so she originally launched it um, like a little over a year ago um, based on her um, efforts to expose what was happening with uh, Red for Ed and her schools and um, seeing what was happening there and then her social emotional experience. And so she had all the history and the inside details of social emotional, which I knew were, was extremely dangerous. Um, and so thankfully, she had that inside um, look into that. So we've been able to join forces and we've been able to um, grow our organization. We're over 3000 people in our private group and trying to grow our public um, page as well. And so we've now started um, reaching out and and. Um, holding different conferences across the state. We had the big one here in Northern Indiana that you guys came to. And then mm-hmm. we had a smaller one just this last Saturday and we'll have one uh, in January in, in Noblesville. And then we'll eventually hold one in Evansville at some point, um, working with our uh, colleagues and stuff in, in those different locations, trying to educate Hoosiers. That has been our biggest goal is to educate parents as what's happening in the schools and um, give them a, a, a place to share their um, insight and, and their stories um, because what what parents are sharing and exposing in that in our private page is um, 
is very critical in order for other parents to understand the battle we're up against because the schools are, um, albeit, you know, many teachers are in there for the good reasons, um, the overwhelming uh, majority of what's happening with public education is is very scary and it's it's um, put us on a, on a path that's total destruction. So that's what Purple for Parents is trying to do is give, give parents a voice and, um, help them realize that they have parental rights when it comes to, you know, their kids in the schools. So that has been our main focus is just educating and then engaging them into um, fighting back. Rhonda, give, give people, we, last week, we spent a couple of episodes on the podcast talking about obscenity exemptions. We haven't gotten into the difference between uh, CSE and SEL. So these are terms that people are not necessarily familiar with. So can you give kind of a layman's overview of what those are and what how they're correlated and why they're dangerous? Sure. So CSE stands for Comprehensive Sexuality Education. And so that is that is um, basically your Planned Parenthood getting access to your children to teach them how to have sex. Um, children have sexual rights at very, very young ages. They're um, getting a hold of the kids and, and, you know, transgendering them, getting them gender confused. Um, but they're opening the whole gamut in the schools. And oftentimes, um, parents have no idea that this is being taught in their children's classroom. And sometimes it's online, sometimes it's in curriculum that, you know, the parents are being given one um, one set of, of guidelines or information, and then the, the kids are actually taught a different set in the classroom. And parents have a very difficult time getting to the truth, but it's basically, it's pornographic content um, that is basically being used to sexualize children in the classroom. And so um, that is one aspect of it. And so it's social emotional, which is the SEL part of it, um, is basically brainwashing the kids. It's basically indoctrinating them with a whole different set of values, behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs, um, which when uh, we start looking at the bills at the legislative session, you will find many bills with those um, details in them. And so that's basically, it's, it's basically setting um, the kids up to be stripped of their home values, behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs the parents are instilling and reprogramming them in the schools um, for what the government wants them to to feel behavior, you know, those attitudes and beliefs. And through that process, what we will find is they will backdoor the whole LGBT agenda will be coming through that. And we've in Indiana, we have an individual who um, was hired through the Lilly Counseling Initiative that the schools competed for in 16 and 17 and, and received money for. And she's actually coming back here, was for a three-year period, and training um, many, many of our schools across the state to implement social, emotional, and it also coincides with mental health um, in, into the schools. And so what will happen is they will they will get that structured in the school and then it will branch out into the entire community. So they will try to eventually brainwash the entire community and accepting all of the um, values added attitudes and behaviors and beliefs. The last time that we talked, um, you guys were talking about them, uh, the organizations building the facilities next to the schools. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you touch on that? Is that, where is that happening right now? Well, it's, it's happening um, in a lot of different states, um, in a lot of different local um, entities, uh, Warsaw has one. Um, they're putting, you know, a, a, it'll, it'll coincide with a, a mental health slash health facility. 
So what they'll do is they'll work together. They'll collaborate with the schools and then in the in these doctors' offices and whatnot. They'll collaborate together, and um, eventually it leads to, and we're seeing it happen in other states. Eventually, it will lead to parental rights being violated because the kids, especially the ones that they get gender confused, they will then send them over to these facilities for additional treatment, and they're doing it behind parents' back. And there's actual um, there's actual toolkits or guidance for the the schools on how to how to circumvent the parents. So that is that is what we're seeing on a national scale. And so we actually have one in our community um, that is just being built right across from our high school. And um, it's it's been alarming to watch the process happen and find out who's who's connected and who's involved in it. Um, because it's people you would not think. And um, they don't understand sadly the implications long term of what that's going to bring because when they further this the social emotional um path into the school which they are very well doing then they get the kids confused they get them you know mentally struggling and then at some point um, what we see happen nationally is they will send them over to those the mental health slash health clinics. And in some cases, even that's where Planned Parenthood sets up camp and Planned Parenthood then is given um, ability to give the kids abortions. So what do you think with all of this um, COVID and distance learning going on, how is this affecting these the SEL and the CSE curriculum? Um, I don't see it really affecting it a whole lot differently. I, I, the kids that are going to school in in school um, are still being instructed with those workbooks and the, the curriculum that's being hard copied, right? Mm-hmm. So then we also have curriculum that comes through online, through we've different online health courses that we've run across. And so those, those would still follow through. Now, what we have seen that's been kind of um, frightening is we've had several instances where children are being um, sexualized through pornography on their Zoom meetings. They'll be hacked in and the, they will be they will be shown porn um, while they're in their Zoom classrooms. And that's that's happened on many occasions. So that aspect is is alarming and is even more dangerous than being in the classroom itself. So you were talking about Warsaw and Warsaw High School, as an example, you found some of these CSL curriculum materials actually being implemented in that in that school. And I seem to remember you talking about that you actually went in to kind of audit, if you will, see and and see what they had. Describe that process for somebody who says, "Hey, I want to, I want to get involved. I want to. How do I go and and see what they're teaching?" Sure. So what had happened at Warsaw, and it's happened at various other schools too, um, is we were tipped off that there was uh, something going on in their health education class. So what I did was I sent a FOIA a Freedom of Information Act request into the superintendent and asked for access to um, the curriculum. And so I I scheduled scheduled appointments to go in and review everything. And so when I went in, I wanted the entire curriculum. And so they had many books laid out for me. Um, And so I kind of glanced at those. And then I realized that I, I needed access to the high school online program was where I spent a lot of my time focusing. And so it was a program called Apex Health, which is in many uh, schools in the in the state. Um, and we had run into that program uh, several months before this um, in a different school not far from here. And so I sat down at the computer and um, their curriculum director had told me 
that he had he had gone through there and he didn't find he didn't find anything and I said well okay so I'll I'll take a look and so I sat down and as he's sitting behind me and I'm I'm sitting with my back to him I start going through the program um, bit by bit and started finding some pornographic images um, female body parts and um, some descriptive language that was not um, abstinence and so. Um, I immediately turned around and said, this is not, this is not abstinence. That is what our state law is. This is teaching the kids how to have sex and where, where the sexually excitable parts of a woman's body are at. That is not abstinence. And so at that point he tells me, well, he only looked at the summary. He didn't dig into the details. And so that's what we find is a lot of, and these guys are busy. I get it. I mean, they're, you know, they're taking, you know, they're taking the word of the people who come in and sell these programs to them and they don't, they don't dig further is what we're finding. And so, um, he, he did admit that he did not dig into the details of, of the online program. And I took screenshots with my phone. So I had the proof of what was actually there. And so what I did is I, I told him, I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get with our um, national um, protect child health coalition. And I'm, I'm suggesting that you pull the program. I mean, I, I that is my recommendation that you pull it. And so, um, but I said, there's a rubric that we will fill out and we will, we will tell you the parts of the program that match up this rubric, which we use. And there's, there's 15 different points to this rubric and it, even one, um, fills out in this in this rubric then the, we, we recommend they pull the program and so I did that I sent it off to our, our national affiliates and they took a look at it and, and, and um, agreed with my conclusion and I did email them back and I said we are on a national level we're even um, recommending that you pull the program because it's sexualizing children and here are the reasons why and gave them the rubric and so we were notified shortly thereafter that they did pro the, pull the program and so we're very thankful for that um, and very happy that they did take our advice and um, did protect the children. Um, but they had also seen that the other school that did not, and we we fought back with them. Um, we actually launched a a national or a yeah it was national um, campaign um, to expose what they were doing because they were they were being a little more defiant with it. So we've had to take some different techniques and different um, ways of fighting the battle to get the the schools to adhere to our state. Uh, our state statute and protecting the children. So where can people find the state statute so that every parent can see it? Like where, how do we know what we're dealing with and how people can go and look for themselves? So you can go to the indiana.gov website mm-hmm. and you can pull up, um, you can type in the keywords up at the top right hand corner. You can type in keywords, obscenity, and it'll bring up the state statute. Um, there is a, we fought really hard in 2018 for a parental rights bill, which is now language that protects parents that now they have to give the parents twice um, notification of what they're going to be teaching and the parents have the right to opt in or opt out. And so that statute is also in there, but they can look up indi- individual state statutes on the indiana.gov website. So we have a parental opt out. And we have a, um, and the schools will give um, their own version of it, but we also have one um, that we will put up on our website that we we can, ha- we can give it to people if they ask for it. We'll put it up on our website as soon as we can. And so that way parents will have that. It lists the different organizations that they cannot use for material to, to instruct um, your child, your child with. And it also includes surveys, which we're finding a lot of 
the social emotional stuff, especially at the higher level of, of grades, they're giving the children social emotional surveys. And then they take, they collect all that data on the children. Um, as you guys heard Jennifer talk about at the conference, they collect all that data on the children. And then they're actually, they're actually third party um, outsiders actually have access to that information. So um, that is also something else that is protected in that, that parental opt out. In the SEL aspect of things, <clears throat> and I, if I remember right, that was one of the programs that was kind of had been documented as that they were sort of sliding it in. Uh, that that sometimes these programs get slid in, even under the under the noses of the school board. And that sometimes they're actually just targeting individual teachers and having them introduce these things. Can you have you seen? examples of that so yeah um so what we have seen is we have seen individuals outside of groups will work with an individual teacher if they have a, a friendly on inside the school they will work with them in order to get the stuff into the classroom and a lot of times it's not run through the proper channels through the school board and so we are finding that um a lot of times the school board doesn't know that that's happening now as far as the social emotional the bigger scale of that the bigger um look at that that is a lot of that was coming through the lily funding um that was uh, instrumental in, in putting that in the schools and the schools did know because the admin and the counselors were all being trained on it um and so that included their their awareness however what they're being sold is a bill of goods basically because they're they're being promoted that this is a, something great this is you know this is wonderful this is what we're going to do for the kids but they don't see the dangers of it on the back side of it so there are outside entities as well that especially with the, the comprehensive sex ed that's how that's really getting into the classroom is they're they're working with an individual teacher or maybe a, a few teachers and they're they're backdooring it and the the supplemental material as we like to call it is not going through the proper channels and being vetted through um the school board or the curriculum director or the curriculum committee so so maybe you're sitting there and listening and asking yourself, what can I do? And I think the biggest thing we can do is pay attention, get involved. Don't be afraid to go and ask questions of our school board, our teachers, anyone who has a hand in your child's education. You have a right to speak to those people and find out what's really going on. And I think Rhonda made a good point, too, of pointing out that, listen, these are our children That's and right. we don't just hand them off to the school system and give up our parental rights. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we're the ones who are charged with raising our children and protecting them from things that are that are wicked influences. Train and a child up in the way he should go. And when he is not old, he will not depart from it. Does right. that go? I think when he's older, he will not depart when he's from older, it. When he's older, he will not. Yeah. Problems. Yeah. yeah it, is, it is our responsibility. Um, one of the things that Rhonda mentioned was the Kinsey Institute, and we don't have mm -hmm. a lot of time to go into that today. We will go into that on some future episodes. Mm -hmm. Which happens to be part of what Billy Graham was talking about. Billy Graham, who's going to be <laughs> exactly. opening the mind polluters. Yes. It's so, amazing. Yeah, the Kinsey Institute, just to give you a thumbnail sketch, is uh, at Indiana University mm -hmm. and is where all of this comprehensive sexual education the entire sexual revolution Ugh. in our nation and our culture Where it started from. at with kinsey mm -hmm. and the kinsey institute at indiana university 
And uh, so we will talk more about that. There's an awful lot of history. And there. Rhonda even talks about how when she has visited other places, even around the world and gone out of the country, that we're known in Indiana as yeah. the ones who started the sexual revolution. Yeah, yeah. As Hoosiers, you know, we all think that we're known for the Colts, the Pacers, and the Indy 500. Well, guess what? We're also known Ugh. for corrupting the world with the with the sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Indiana. So, Which is why we're here. We have there are people who are willing to stand up and say no more. Yeah. So the bottom line is, and we want to say thanks again to Rhonda Miller for being on. And the bottom line is what you can do as a parent, dads, moms, grandmas, grandpas, get engaged. The battlefront is where your children are. So don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to get involved.